Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's a WNR three eleven, and it's NXT TakeOver 31. And it's a pleasure to say that I'm joined by the mind of Monty. How you doing, mate? You all right? All right, how you doing? It's your boy Monty G from the Mind of Monty Podcast. I'm happy to be here, happy to join you here today. Well, it's a night for you guys. Well, that shadow of a doubt is always great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your podcast? Uh, well, uh, so right now, currently, uh, I'm 24 years old. I'm a grad student uh, at Arkansas State University in America, and uh, and uh, so in Arkansas. So, uh, I'm I'm a grad student, and I do radio and television. My podcast is strictly wrestling based, uh, just commentary, co- uh, comments on the show. Right now, we're doing strictly reviews, but I have a couple of ideas to switch it up and add uh, new things like going to YouTube and doing different types of things but it's just right now it's just a, a, a grad student who need who has extra time who needs to vent about the stuff that he likes to rest, uh, watch and, you know I love wrestling I've been watching it since I was a little kid so uh, I think I have an extensive knowledge not to toot my own horn but I've watched a lot of it a lot of wrestling over the years so I, and I just enjoy it so uh, yeah that's pretty much what it's about it's just me uh, and my uh, fiance, who uh, hosts hosted with me, and she kind of intros and does the uh, gives her commentary when she sees fit. And uh, but yeah, we just have fun and talk wrestling. Well, that's brilliant, you know, and it's great to have someone on to try and help him because you know we've been doing the podcast for over five years now, and ever since the co-host left a few months back, I've been wanting to get other podcasts who are just either starting out or just trying to find an audience and give them a little bit of help. So, like you said, with wrestling, everybody's got a different opinion, and yes. if I can, from England, speak to someone from America, either have the same opinion or different, it's great to share it and actually give someone an opportunity as well. Oh, yes, I agree 100%. I agree, and uh, I'm, I appreciate this. Uh, opportunity. This is my first collab in the, at all, so I'm just excited to be doing this, man. So thank you for this. No problem. So let's get started then. And it is, like we said, NXT TakeOver 31. And uh, we had a great intro to start us off. Well, the kickoff was Scott Stanford and Pete Roseberg just in the studio. Nothing really happened. The opening video, we had uh, this. We're talking about the Capital City Wrestling. We're talking about what happened in the past. And there was something on the screen that says, you're looking at some of the most remarkable athletes in the world today. Professional wrestlers are a rare breed of athlete, possessing gargantuan proportions, enormous strengths, unique coordination and agility, a high threshold of physical tolerance, polarizing power and the ability to withstand the rigors of one of the most taxing sports known to man. And that is professional wrestling. Vincent came at man from 1977. So we had that, and then we had the start. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Capital Wrestling Centre, as it is known now, the intro, and how the place looked? Because I thought it looked really, really nice. Oh, yes. I was very impressed uh, with the set and the whole the intro. It gave the, the takeover a feel. I really enjoyed that. Uh, like it, it felt like a big night from the jump with that uh, intro. But also, uh, I'd like to uh, point out that you know, he's Triple H uh, has done a great job, in my opinion, ha, uh, to differentiate NXT. So even with the video boards now, it still feels completely different than the main roster. So I really like the set. Really yeah, like without a doubt. And I, but I think one of the problems is, is this takeover's kind of sprung up. You know, I'm not saying yeah. that it's, uh, you know, 
it just feels a little bit rushed. There's not a lot of storylines. It's very rarely a takeover or an, even an NXT, you know, where the title match is decided through like a battle royal or, or in that kind of way. There's usually a story behind it. it. It did feel a little bit rushed, even though takeovers always deliver. Uh, I agree 100%. Like, uh, the quality of the matches kind of made up for that, in my opinion. But I do agree that, uh, you know, their you, takeovers were much rarer. You know, they're, they're becoming to... They're, they're starting to become what uh, and happen way more often. So uh, I agree. Uh, they used to be rare and they used to be uh, even more special. But, uh, yes, I, I definitely got a rushed feel to this entire build. But I think the wrestlers, uh, you know, performed well enough, in my opinion, to kind of help you ignore that. <laughs> yeah. I think without that, the only problem is the logo looked terrible because usually with a, back in the day, you know, you had to take over, you know, Brooklyn's and uh, new events like this. And now just take over 31 with just a 31 stuck in the middle of an NXT logo. And you're going, come on, you, you couldn't have come up with an idea we had in your house at the start of the year. You know, we could have done something a little bit better. That's fair. And I think that's that makes your point about being rushed even even more. I mean, like. They obviously didn't have a plan. They usually, like you said, have a theme. You see that uh, in the next uh, show will be Halloween Havoc. They had a plan for that one, but as you like this one, like I agree, it seems very last minute. And the set was probably, like you said, just just lazy, just trying to get one out there uh, for some reason. And uh, you know, but yeah, uh, I agree 100. percent It was it was surprising to see because they're they're usually hit like on their takeover logo. Like their branding is usually pretty good. Takeovers. Yeah, I think without a doubt. So we started the action off with the North American Championship, of course, Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest. And how do we get it? Well, Johnny wants himself and Candice to be champs in NXT history. Of course, Damian Priest won a ladder match. Uh, before we get on to the match, should Johnny Gargano have been called up already to the main roster? Oh, of course. I mean, I think this is a lot of personal preference here. Uh, I think he prefers NXT, and I think that's probably the only thing. Or maybe uh, Vince McMahon, you know, maybe uh, he is a smaller guy, and I don't think that's a problem. But we know Vince uh, has his little quirks, and maybe don't. Maybe he doesn't have a long-term plan for Gargano, but I think he's made for NXT, and he loves it down there. So uh, it's not that big of a deal, but he definitely deserves to be called up. I think he's done there, you know, everything there is to do in NXT and I think at this moment in time as we're going to see with the match as well it's about him creating stars rather than being a star at this moment in time yeah. that's saying that though with Damian Priest there is something about him that I like I'm not quite sure what that is yet but I see him I go I, I don't mind him but I do see similarities because of course was a young man who kind of had that gimmick a few years ago in NXT Baron Corbin and look oh, what yeah. they did to him <laughs> I mean it, 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 I'm not saying it's going to happen but should Damian Priest be worried that this is probably going to be the best he gets treated on NXT before he moves up to the main roster? I think everybody, honestly, should be worried in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, with if you want, like, as far as your future goals and as far as the main roster goes, like, yeah, everybody should be worried that things could be, this could be the best. I mean, look at, you know, as much as I, I don't mind who Keith Lee's been wrestling since he's been called up, uh, the truth of the matter is uh, they don't have a plan so far, at least as far as stories go, ever since his debut. And it, it, he went from NXT champion to, you know, uh, squashing people every now and then now on Raw, I think. So, uh, we'll, I mean, maybe he'll have something in the future. I'll give him time. But everyone should be worried as far as uh, college goes uh, at this point with NXT. 
<laughs> well, the scary thing I heard the other day about the Keith Lee thing as well was the fact is they called him up because they thought it would be a cool fit to the roster, but they have got no long-term plans for him. So the fact is that he's just yeah. going to be there. And it's like, why, especially with the talent in NXT, you can come up with a, you know, not saying a year ahead, but six months and say to yourself, right, this is where you're going to be. Uh, saying, oh, do you know what? It'd be cool to have you on the roster. And maybe why Johnny Gagano has said, hang on a minute, I don't want to be on the roster and be, you know, not really being used in a couple of months down the line. Uh, but talk about Johnny Gagano, you know, he is Johnny Takeover. He's had more takeovers than anybody. Um, is, is he the guy that just will deliver a show no matter what in NXT? Because I think it's hard to argue, you know? No, he's definitely on that short list, in my opinion, of, of guys that no matter what the situation is, no matter the story, whether you heal, babyface, uh, he's going to uh, put on a very, very impressive match. And honestly, uh, I really thought it was good to put him first because like, I thought it was a lot to live up to, you know? Uh, because I know how good Johnny can be, and uh, you give him all he needs is a good partner in the ring. And I've seen him turn people who may not be that good with everyone uh, to make them look better because he's just that good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe he's definitely on that short list of guys that no matter what, he's going to be great. Well, one of the things I liked about this matchup was because obviously Damien Priest has got the size advantage over uh, Johnny. But because Johnny Gagano is such a star in NXT, it seemed like a fair fight. Sometimes you forget about the kind of physical attributes when Gagano's been around, done that, and Priest is kind of just starting out. Um, and we see it in the match as well, you know, Johnny evading early, both men trying to finish us. Priest found himself in the apron with Johnny trying to sunset flip him. Damien blocked only for Gagano to see and send him to the wafer thin mats. Priest recovered and launched himself into the corner, catching Gagano with a back elbow. A broken arrow followed for a two count, a two count as the commentary team put over the back and forth nature of this match. One thing about the broken arrow, and I don't know if it's just me with this, now, it's, it's, it's an impactful move, and I like it. And it's a bit like the pounce, where it's, you know, the power move of moving the wrestler. But the whole point is to be as close as you can to get the pinfall afterwards. And I felt with a broken arrow, Priest should lift him up instead of out, and then at least you can come down into a pin. I know it's little things, but that's what I noticed with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hey, and I always say the little things matter. Those are, the little things are very important. And uh, I agree. That's a nice little uh, psychological thing that he could do to make it uh, make a little bit more sense or look a little bit better there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think uh, the the point of a lot of Damian Priest moves is the impact. He is very explosive, and uh, that's uh, that's what he likes to show off in, uh, in a lot of his outfits. And when he has a guy like Gargano, who's not only a great seller, but like you said, that size advantage. It just looks extra impactful, and it just, it's just very great. It's just great to watch, in my opinion. I think, like I said, the first match was great to watch. We saw Priest setting up the razor's edge. Gagano counted to sunset flip bomb. The fight spilled to Arena 4. Priest pulled out the razor's edge onto the ring apron. Uh, it, I mean, that was a hell of a bump in itself. Yeah. I, I liked how the match was told as well. You know, your Priest had the power to respond to just in case he was getting in trouble. So Johnny had to come up with different things. Uh, we saw a slight botch, but really not that much. We saw Gagano count an attempt for the reckoning when they hit the slice of bread number two. Gagano mocked Priest and idiot a choke slam only to turn into a roll up. Priest finally executed the South of Heaven, but again could not put the opponent away. And as the champion launched himself on the top rope, Gagano alertly pulled two members of the next 
the security team in the way, leaving him obliterated at ringside. This was well timed. Undertaker would land on his head if this security team was ready <laughs> as they were back at WrestleMania. Oh, um, man, it's still painful <laughs> to think about. So painful to think about. We get a low blow from Gagano. Super kick made for a great false finish. As Priest still managed to get out of it. Dragging him back to the centre ring, the challenger applied his trademark submission only for the champion to bat his way to the ropes. They teed the spot on the ring steps, but Priest rocks his opponent, followed with a draping version of the reckoning for the pinfall victory. So what did you think of the match? Oh, I, I thought it was a, a very, very great. Uh, it was just, I don't know if I, I don't really do the star rating things, but if I had one, it was definitely a very good, like for his role, which was to open and set the tone for the night. Oh, it set up in a very, very uh, great tone. And I didn't know. I really, like I said, I didn't know who could follow it at first, like uh, because it really it, it impacted me. I really liked the back and forth nature of it. I had it was moments where I thought Gargano actually was going to take the belt, and I, uh, I like the callbacks uh, uh, to the spot where Damian Priest kind of won me over. Honestly, is when he took that back bump on those stairs against Finn earlier this yeah. year, uh, and uh, they called back to it kind of, and I thought he was going to take that bump again, which was would have been insane. But I'm glad he didn't do that again. But uh, overall, man, the finish, uh, the way it turned out, it was just it was beautifully done, you know, and I. I I loved them. I liked it. I was surprised they had that good of chemistry because sometimes, you know, uh, that especially since Damian is newer in this position, you know, uh, you know, sometimes when he's a fresher matchup, the chemistry is not there. But uh, it was great. They did very well, and I, I liked it. Yeah, without a doubt, I was going to say nice chemistry as well. And Priest, some wrestlers are, you know, can be led quite well. And obviously with Gagano and Priest just followed kind of every mark he needed to to kind of make him look like a star. This was about Johnny making Priest look fantastic. This was about him trying to get someone over and saying that this is the guy who's going to be leading, you know, NXT for the next couple of years. Right, right. Uh, I do have a question for you. Though. Uh, do you like uh, Damian Priest better in this new uh, kind of? I don't know if it's a, he's not really outright baby faces, but he's he's obviously changed his style up a little bit, doing more uh, top rope moves, and he's uh you know he teamed up with EO Shirai, so he's kind of aligned, I guess, with baby with, mm. as a baby face right now. Uh, he's definitely not hitting people with the uh, nightstick he was doing. He was doing a couple months ago. So, how do you like this? character switch for him or do you prefer him being uh you know the evil more like bear baron corbin clone that he seemed like earlier i, I don't mind the, the kind of like i said the tweener type of character if he even working well can he kind of match up his opponent but i think at the moment uh nxt is quite heavy with heels when you look at you know timothy thatcher obviously the undisputed era again another group of kind of we don't know if they're good guys or bad guys uh, but I think exactly. with Priest, it will work out. I think he'll fall back to that kind of hill character. And I think what I say to him as well is, yes, it's impressive jumping off the top, but sometimes you have to wrestle like a monster sometimes. And I think Corbin oh, yeah. doesn't do that sometimes. When it's your size, you have to, uh, in the match, going back to your power because that's what works, you know? And I think sometimes that'll help. But I think Priest, like I said, there is sank about him. I'm not 100% sure what it is, but... He's, he's making me interested. I'm not saying like he's a fantastic worker or, but you know, in this matchup with Gagano, he did exactly what he needed to do, which I thought made it into a great match. 
Yes, I agree 100%. Like I said, he's definitely growing on me. I was a a, a fan of, or I, I was drawn to his look, even though he wasn't as good as he, he is now in Ring of Honor. So to see the growth, and I can already just see uh, how how he's done well with this new style in, uh, in NXT because it is a different style than, uh you know, other stuff. It's kind of like a mixture of strong style and, you know, kind of the WWE style, but more so, you know, independent strong style. But this is the thing, if if he's feeling um really conf- confident. Yeah. If he's feeling confident, it all works. Uh first off, match out of five for the first match. I know you don't really do ratings, I'm gonna give that a four and a quarter out of five because of like you said, it was a really great way to start the show. Yeah, I agree. Like four four stars is definitely four to five, like you said, four and a half, perfect range for, for that match. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went for Priest in that, so we started off with a point. Ease of course, you challenged uh, us to predictions on Twitter. Uh, we proved a lot of people are running scared at this moment in time. But uh, poll-wise as well, 60% went for Damien Priest. We always do polls for a pay-per-view and takeovers event. Uh, and then we said match two was Dream versus Kushida. You were excited about this. Why were you so excited about this match? Well, uh, personally, I am a big fan of Kushida. That's another thing. I, I definitely cover New Japan on my podcast uh, as much as I can. So I was a fan of Kushida before he even signed here uh, to NXT. But uh, so I, I'm really loving this new, the new aggressive style. Of, uh, or, you know, he attacked the arm style of Kushida. And he, he definitely put that on display in this match. And uh, honestly, uh, I'm mean, to be honest with you, with the accusations and everything that's going on with Velveteen Dream, it's always great to watch him get beat up. <laughs> this is what I was going to say, because, well, first of how we got here, Kushida debuted last year. It was my pick for the tag tournament with Alex Shelley, of course, former time splitters. I said nothing, but he snapped, and like, him and the Dream have um, been feuding. But what are the faults in the Dream situation? Should he be on NXT at this moment in time? Or should he take time off? Does he need to change character? I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know. With me, it's just, it feels uncomfortable watching him at this moment in time. I agree 100%. It's definitely uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable also when you take into account what Triple H has had to say as far as, like, they've looked at it and they found nothing. But, you know, we've seen things and they no one has explicitly said anything we've heard. You know, and, and everything that you've heard, like, is nothing has been reassuring about the situation at all. <laughs> no. So uh, I definitely say that, and I agree. It's uncomfortable to watch. As far as his character goes, I do I do think that uh, NXT is doing the best that they possibly can by making him this kind of uh, you know annoying heelish, more like uh, you know definitely a dirtier version of the Velveteen Dream. Uh, if you know, <laughs> I guess that makes sense if you. If you see what I mean, but honestly, <laughs> uh, I agree. It's just been tough. Like it's hard to look at him wrestle and not think of that. Uh, think of the accusations right now, and that's the thing. So I don't know what NXT could could do. Uh, honestly, I know a lot of people want him gone, and I don't. I think that makes it tough on anything you involve him in. You know, but uh, this match, in my opinion, still shines even through that. So I will give them credit on that part. Yeah, right. Down. I will say, you know, and it's not the same just before anybody's listening and complains. But when Edge went through a stage when with Lita and the Matt Hardy thing happened, um, they turned him heel straight away, and the reaction they they based it off that 
when you've got Velveteen Dream, who's still a face, who is getting booed out the building, um, exactly. and the commentators can't explain it, then there is your problem. So you either turn him heel, you give him some time off. Coming out dressed like Doc Brown is not going to fucking work. I'm, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just not... Because it, it just, it looked weird. You, 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 yeah, I'm weirded really out anyway, and he's coming out, and you're going, he's lost it. He's, he's, you know. Yeah, yeah see, that look, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, he usually have a nice theme for takeovers, and this one definitely didn't work. It didn't fit anything we've heard about him right now. It's just, everything about it was just disgusting, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it was bad, and, uh, but, you know, uh, I agree, though. I think, I will say one thing about uh, Velveteen Dream as a performer. Uh, I knew once the match started, it was gonna. You kind of just. You, he's that good in the ring, and that's another thing that makes it so like aggravating and like kind of dis- just very disappointing too. Like not only are you disgusted, but you know he's young and he's very talented. Like he could have been much bigger, but now I don't know. Like how can you overcome this? Uh, as far as his future goes. Well, I don't think has fallen so far from Gracie in NXT at that time, when you consider he was one of the favourites to beat Adam Cole for the NXT title and where he is now. Uh, but like I said, to the match, Kushida obviously loved the, the Martin McFly, you know, coming out. He got a huge pop from the fans when he came out like a house on fire after beating the Dream down at the start. Dream did manage to floor Kushida for a little while and then hit a Bronco Buster as Booze just came through the Capital Wrestling Centre. Um, Dream applied to Sleeper as Wade Barrett did remind us that despite all the hoop that surrounds him, there is an astute wrestler beneath. Uh, Kushida did look really, really good. Even though he could have been, a, even though he was the heel, he was being chilled as loud as Stone Cold was in 1998 at this moment in time. Uh, Kushida recovered and pulled Dream shoulder first into the ring post as fans charted one more time, which he did. Uh, Dream tried for the purple rainmaker, but Kushida caught with an arm breaker. Dream made it saturated the ropes and then poked his opponent in the eye. Uh, Dream finally delivered a purple rainmaker, but the damage done to his arm did not allow him to capitalise. Kushida fought back, came off the top rope with Dream applying the hoverboard lock. Dream fought off, delivered the Dream Valley drive, but his opponent held on and forced the submission win. What were your thoughts on the match? Oh man, it was very, it was very entertaining. I loved it. It was great to watch. This is what I've been wanting for Kushida since he, like you said, signed uh, with NXT. Uh, I wanted him to get a chance to showcase what he could really do. And uh, this one thing he was always great at in New Japan, no matter what the situation was, he was great at making the hoverboard lock look like just a uh, very unfortunate situation to be in because of how relentless he can be. And uh, I just love seeing this side of him. The attack after the match uh, had had me very excited. As a matter of fact, Twitter at the time was also excited. I, I saw so many people uh, saying, fuck him up, Kushida. Like, everyone liked that. So uh, it was very great. That's the one thing, like I said, I will say, it is tough. Uh, I don't know how Velveteen Jr. could ever be babyface again because it, as long as he's on our TV screen, it's going to be great looking at people root against him. I will say that. <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt. But like I said, Kushida is on uh, the move up now. Dream's obviously on the way down. It's always good to have a dangerous submission. It's hard for Kushida to be booed, dressed like my fly, beating the crap out of the Dream. It was never going to happen. Maybe Velveteen should go future. Uh, sorry about the pun. And then the match out of five, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters out of five. Um, it was a really good match, but 
the crowd hated Dream. So when he's trying to sell the arm and trying to say how bad it is, it doesn't really work because it just looks terrible because the fans don't give a shit, you know? So right. I think that might have taken away... For, like I say, I would have done the same thing with the fans, but if you had any other wrestler there selling that injury to that extent, you probably would have felt a little bit sorry for him. I, I, I agree. I think like three and a half stars from my, in my opinion also, but like I said, if you if look at it through the lens of wanting to see Velveteen get beat, might be five stars. But if you look, yeah. at, <laughs> uh, but if you look at it through, and like, it's, like you said, wanting to give Velveteen sympathy, it is almost impossible to have sympathy for him at the moment. So, yeah, that's always going to take away from his matches if, if they're going to be like that. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went Kushida, so it's two all on the polls. 83% voted Kushida, which means 17% of you want a dream to win. Just saying. Uh, Halloween Havoc is back after 20 years as we see Shotzi will be hosting it on the 28th of October. This, well, I love this. I, I've been wanting them to bring back WWE stuff. I know they've done it with a Great American Bash and obviously with Starcade, but it's there ready to make money with. And I think Halloween Havoc is an event they could have had years ago, but Vince Man probably looks at it and goes, ah, no. Uh, what do you think of NXT Halloween Havoc coming up? I think it's a really good idea. Uh, I agree 100%. I think it's great. It's about time they start using these trademarks that they won't allow Cody to have. Uh, you know, uh, I'm happy that they are finally starting to uh, realize that they can definitely print money with those brands. Those are great. I agree. Now, Halloween Havoc is one of the, all, a lot of people's favorite in when WCW existed anyway. So I, that definitely could have continued. But uh, maybe, like you said, Vince wanted to create stuff of his own. And uh, But I, I think NXT has done great, like you said, in your house. They've uh, done war games in the past. They, they've always done these things justice. So I think uh, this is going to also fall in line. I love Shotzi Blackheart being involved because she fits this perfect. This is just a perfect fit. I couldn't agree with you more with that. Uh, we're going to have to start disagreeing soon, I think. Uh, <laughs> match three. <laughs> I agree. I, match I, three I, was the Cruiserweight Championship. <laughs> the Cruiserweight Toll on the line for the very first time ever. How we got it? Well, Santos Escobar won the Cruiserweight title once the virus started and Jordan Devlin couldn't defend and the same things happened with him. They quietly dropped it. Uh, he unmasked and created Legada down Fantasma with Woken Wild and Raul Mendoza. Swerve has beaten Santos twice, but for the title, Santos uses a loaded mask. Um, thoughts on this? Well, I've, I've seen Swerve wrestle in a documentary called The Wrestlers, and it was really interesting when he was talking about what style he's got, because obviously he's a cruiserweight in NXT right now, but he wanted to go and do a lot of different styles, hardcore style, uh, submission, technical, to try and be the best at it, you know, around the world and try and get different styles, you know, different countries. And then he's come to NXT, and I think he's a guy who stands out for me a little bit because he's worked on his craft, and I think you can tell that in the ring. Uh, with Santos, he looks a bit like Tony Nese, but with personality. Uh, I think that would be the thing. Uh, for these two, uh, look, I really enjoyed it because I do like the cruiserweights. I love the bit where he goes, I'm going to spin in your face. And then Swerve just was like, right, I'm bringing the heat right now. Hit the flat line, uh, hit the spike DDT in the corner. Uh, Wilder Mendoza interfered, allowing Escobar to put Scott down, but he can only score two. Scott recovered and delivered a big head scissors that sent Escobar off the top rope and into his teammates. That could have gone all oh, that could have gone terribly wrong. That was so close. So close. I was so I was, like, oh. I was worried, man. I was so worried. I was like, oh man, please don't hit your head. But man, he's very close. Very close. Uh, 
And then Ashante Adonis made the save for Scott, fighting off Mendoza and Wild. Back in the ring, Scott rolled into a big super kick. Uh, the sound in this match was incredible. Yes, I had the speakers turned up, but with the, the audience, uh, the live people, and what was on the Thunderdome, it just it was a cacophony of noise, basically. Um, it really innovated offense as well, but he uh, swerved, kicked out of a phantom driver. But, the, but, but Joseph, you gave it away, because in the count, and he's going, well, this is definitely over. And I'm like, no, why say that for Vic? No. Ah, oh, but anyway, it's my own problem with it. Uh, he followed up with the three amigos. He went for the uh, frog splash, but missed. Scott survived. Uh, went for the arm. Hit a, a house call and a picture perfect 450. But Esquire still managed to get out of it. At that point, I thought, well, which way is this going to go now then? Because they've, they've done this bit. The fight then spilled to the eighth from Esquire. Shoved Scott into what was the, supposed to be the exposed still from a turnbuckle. But... He was nowhere near. They didn't bother trying to show it again. Uh, fair enough. You know, maybe they could have tried something a little bit different, but with time constraints, they just carried on. Um, he delivered a double underhook face buster for the successful title defense. What are your thoughts on the match? Uh, the match impressed the hell out of me, man. I just, I really knew, I thought it would be pretty good because Cruiserweight, especially Cruiserweight title matches and the Cruiserweight matches I've seen, Anytime I ever got a chance to watch 205 Live, once they get a chance to just go in, they can, all, most of the roster at 205 Live can really go. Uh, but anyway, uh, once they got started, like I, I like you said, I agree. I love Isaiah Scott. Everything I've seen about him, I, I like the character. I like uh, the, the ring, like his ring work is just like you said. He mixes many styles. He surprises me with how athletic he, he can be. But at the same time, like just how physical he still is too. Like he's not just a complete finesse wrestler either. He can uh, also mix in a lot nice kicks and nice strikes, and I like that. I, I love a mixture of strikes and high impact moves. But anyway, the match was absolutely great. Uh, I, I I like it. I probably give it uh, maybe like uh, between probably four stars again. I, I really I really thought Isaiah had won this match. So. The fact that it had me that invested by a match that I wouldn't, uh, you know, wasn't expecting. Maybe my expectation has given given it more stars than maybe it deserved. But I really liked it, and the improvised finish, that last move was was a nice way to finish the match. Even though, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure the plan that wasn't a part of the original plan. Yeah, I think about that. I'm gonna give that a four out of five because you put that cruiserweight title match. On the takeover card, you expect it to start the show or deliver, and and these guys did, and you you saw it like you know with the cruiserweight division here, how much talent they've got, and if they can build it and actually make it a part of NXT, it will be a feather in the cap, and it won't take away from anything. It's very easy to kind of have these great matches if they keep building up the talent the way they do. Uh, prediction wise, you did go for Swerve in this one. Uh, I went Santos. The only reason I I went Santos because WWE never give you what you want. So, <laughs> so <laughs> oh my goodness, what a great, what a great point. See, that's what I get for being ideal, ideological <laughs> trying to just hope, you know, you hope that they give you, throw you a bone sometimes. But I agree. Yeah, I probably should have known better. <laughs> yeah, no, don't go wrong. I, with predictions, uh, it goes back to when Oscar lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. I'm still not over it. I will oh, learn my lesson. Man, that hurt. That hurt. Oh. Oh, um, Poll-wise, Scott on the poll got 69%. So people were swaying in that way. 
But like I said, a fantastic match leading on to our next one for the NXT women's title, or the NXT title, as they call it, uh, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. How we got here? Well, seeking to do what husband could not. Uh, that was to leave TakeOver 31 with the gold. We saw a pre-match video package reminding viewers that it was LeRae, whom Shirai betrayed nearly a year ago, not to mention it was whom she cost the number one contenders ladder match a few months back, establishing a lengthy backstory for this encounter. I know the NXT women's division is stacked, but, or, you know, even the WWE women's division. But is Io Shirai, and I would put Candice Ray up there, but is Io Shirai the best women in wrestling at this moment in time? Oh, man, she's definitely probably in my top three or five, maybe. Uh, I would go with uh, Asuka, personally. I may be just biased. I will admit my biases, and uh, I just think she does everything so well. doesn't matter who you put her in the ring with, but EO is no, not far behind that, and I, I just think she is cool as hell. That's one thing I'll say uh, is that not too many – maybe I've grown because I'm older and I'm just cynical now or whatever. Not too many people are just cool to me, and I think EO Shirai is just cool as hell, one of the best in the world, though. I agree. I, I think she's honestly. Good. I completely agree. I've got it written here how cool she is. And it, I, you, you just can't buy it, you know. When when you've just got that kind of look and the, the confidence and the swagger, there's just something about it that it, you just can't get from anywhere else. And that's what EO has got. And we get a big fight feel for this one. The great exchange at the start, because obviously both know each other so well. Um, Candice grounded Shy, worked over her with submission. Uh, we saw a 619 and a missile drop kick. She caught the Ray. Mid-flight with boots and midsection and followed up with underhook backbreaker, like Chris Jericho. Uh, Shai delivered double knees in the corner, palm frost and a German suplex. The Ray answered with a snap German and a backstabber. The springboard moonsault resulted in two. A crossface, but the challenger counted into the Gagano escape. Shai fought towards the rope after a brief delay, finally forced to break. And then elbow. This is what I really liked about it. I'm going to break it down now. So we had the, the Gagano escaping, and then we had the elbow coming off the submission. Um, which hit the ref, and then we got the air raid cat crash, and I'm thinking, how the referee's going to get bumped a second time, but at this moment in time, I'm not sure how it's going to happen. And then Shy comes diving off the rope, Candice with the knees up, and Eo just goes flying into the referee, and I was like, that's brilliant. There you go. So, yeah, that's it. That's I didn't want to expect in that. Uh, really enjoyed that little bit because you it, sometimes it's a bit too obvious. We then right. see the raid delivering the wicked stepsister and Johnny Gagano coming out with referee shirt. Uh, I still managed to get up at this point I'm going oh no they're going to screw her out of the title Gagano grabbed the women's title uh, whilst distracting referee gave it to the Ray um, hit Shy with it thought it was it no Shy still got out of it uh, an absolute fit on the eight, uh, on the <laughs> ringside which I thought was really really funny and then Shy hit a Spanish fly off the top which is still no matter how many times I see it, it's still a spectacular move. And obviously, the moonsault for the successful defense. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man. Uh, the Spanish fly, like you said, is, is beautiful. And also, as we saw with, uh, I think, in Angel Gardens, a situation a few weeks ago can be very dangerous. So I was just happy that everyone is okay whenever I see one, too. But I agree. It definitely always uh, looks just, it's just great to see. And uh, But anyway, the match, I was. Definitely, it was right around my expectations. I, I knew that they, I, I kind of remember, like, I remember NXT before it even became, uh, became uh, you know, on on television every week. So, uh, I remember before, like, when this initial thing started, when EO 
finally changed and turned into the character we all know and love as our champion now. And uh, so they were having good matches even then, you know, uh, and uh, so when that first thing kind of broke down. So the fact that now uh, they still have that, you can just see the chemistry in the ring. And then the, you add the, uh, the fact that Gargano comes out there, I agree. I thought they were going to uh, pull the Bailey thing again. I was just hoping it wouldn't be as sloppy as that one ended up looking. Uh, but I, I, I was happy with the finish. I was happy that EO survived. Uh, I was I was kind of worried because everyone had retained. So I was saying, are they going to throw us throw us for a loop and she be the one who lose her belt? Because uh, I I, I would have been definitely shocked at that result. But I definitely loved uh, this match. It was really good. I would say about four and a half stars. I'm going to give that a four uh, four and a quarter out of five because, like I said, it was a great story. Uh, and that wasn't it after, because after the match pre-recorded, Tony Storm announced her return to NXT. Uh, Tony Storm is one of these talents who I think could be main roster. And there's a lot of women. One of these pleasures of having this podcast, especially for the last five years, is watching the progression with women's wrestling, especially when it was kind of Divas title back when we first started and trying to get the people that I was either, you know, watching wrestling with to try and, get a little bit of respect and NXT started with, you know, Banks and Bailey and NXT is still the side of the women's division. I think it is the strongest out of every other division in NXT right now. I think the women's division is the top because you can bring in people like someone like Tony Storm, former NXT UK champion, who's fantastic talent, course winner of the May Young Classic. Um, unfortunately, my pick was EO Shy in the tournament and Storm beat her. So there's a little bit of story into that. And then we get the video package in promising a returning former champion. We thought it was going to be Bo Dallas. What can be better than Bo Dallas? Well, it's Ember Moon. I was over the moon because Ember Moon, I was lucky enough to be front row when it was Ember Moon versus Oscar in NXT when they came over here to England. And oh, it was one of these... Oh, it was during the time where they were just delivering. And even though you knew Oscar was going to win, you just sat there and enjoyed it. And I always thought to myself, they're missing a trick with Ember Moon. Hopefully, injury-free, back to NXT, she, a bit like uh, Finn Balor, can have the success she needed. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tony Storm and Ember Moon showing up to an already stacked NXT women's division? Oh, it's just like you said. I mean, it's just elation. And it's just like you said, that's, that's probably the strongest women's division in wrestling and it only just got stronger it's insane how much talent that they have uh you know in nxt and, and uh tony storm uh everything about her from the first moment i ever saw her i just knew i said okay WWE, you guys should know what you guys have to do with this like that's that's easy i think easy money i think tony storm can be and i think she's gonna get a, i think she's gonna be do this great wherever she is uh, and especially in NXT when you have great other great partners to get in the ring with and uh, make magic with. Uh, but uh, also, you got to also take into account, they just lost like Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, who are great veteran uh, wrestlers also, uh, who are now, I assume, now full-time on the main roster. So, you know, they they, 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 they lost them and come back with, a form, with two former champions. And, uh, you know, great talent. And Ember Moon, I... Come on, now. she's. I agree 100%. She is one of the. She has so much untapped potential, in my opinion, uh, on the main roster. I thought they missed, like they really was missing it with with her initial run. I'm so happy she get another chance at it. 
Uh, I I will have to admit something though. She hurt me with her not only her Bo Dallas, uh, Bo Lee tweet that she kind of posted after she <laughs> debuted, but the fact that I I love Bo Dallas. Like even even Motor Ted talk Bo Dallas is my guy. I love Bo Dallas. I don't care. Uh, I'm very unbiased about Bo. I Bo, I bought a Bo Lee shirt in 2015, and I love Bo Dallas. But so uh, when I got when I saw Emma Moon, was I disappointed? Not at all, because I know that she's gonna you know kill it. But I definitely uh, it just you know come on now, please somebody somebody do something with Bo. Anything he's brainwashed, <laughs> brother for God. Man. How can he not be doing anything? We want we want we want Bo. We want to Bo leave again. We should. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> fully women's match like we said we gave it uh, four and a half four and a quarter out of five prediction wise we both went EO so it was four three poll wise Candice Ray got 60% so they were expecting oh, wow. I think a t- title change um, obviously that didn't go down we get a backstage promo with Adonis and not bad but I thought it was a bit weird him being interviewed at a takeover but obviously we had what happened earlier and they had to set up um, Escobar's next opponent, I guess. And then match five, um, main event time for the NXT title, Finn Balor versus Kyla Raleigh. It was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, I don't even think you got to ask about the star ratings on this. This is just... When they make make it easy for you, when they put on a match like this, and you go, I wonder what my match of the night's gonna be. Oh, I wonder what my and they just they just <laughs> delivered in this one. Um, Balor had won the NXT title, of course, from Adam Cole because um, Karrion Cross had relinquished due to injury. It seems like a million years ago that Karrion Cross was NXT champion with everything that's happened kind of since then. O'Reilly won a number one contendership match, but it was a great underdog story because uh, Kyle O'Reilly, but Jey Uso trying to break out with support from Undisputed Era, but a big fight feel. Um, this, I mean, like I said, the the I won't do it justice trying to commentate on what actually happened here. Uh, but we obviously had a Riley grounding Balor in the early going. And it, I don't know about you, but this is why I love some like Pete Dunne for as well, because you can watch them wrestling on the mat. And it, it's for me, it's as interesting as people jumping over the top rope, hitting each other with a chair, because that's the wrestling side to it. You know, I agree 100 percent. Guys like uh, like you said, Kyle O'Reilly, uh Zack Sabre Jr. Oh my goodness, man! I can watch those guys grapple forever. Minoru Suzuki is also pretty good. Like uh, the same type of. Like, it doesn't matter what they're doing, striking, grappling. But I, I agree. They make it. Like I know, I know some people don't like it. Tim Thatcher in NXT also is another guy who can just grapple very, very well, and it's just I, I loved it. And Kyle O'Reilly put on a clinic. Uh, they, they just, you know, when Balor, it, it's a case of. Oh, Balor can maybe do these certain styles of matches, or he can't do this. And he was just like, let's just just do it. There was a great moment with a big knee to the midsection, um, and then there was a uh, taking Balor inside out. Then we had the kicks from O'Reilly, uh, Balor with the shot that took O'Reilly down, and you thought, oh, hang on a minute, referee might call this. And then I was thinking, this is a wrestling match. They're not gonna stop. They're not gonna stop it. But it was because of the way the selling. And everything oh was going God. on. I just yeah. I kept buying into it, kept buying into it. And like I said, it was uh, 
the the way they were exchanging submissions, the way they were trying to uh, the little breaks that when he had the, the the trying to get the arm breaker in, and you see Balor's fingers just stretching off, and oh, can he do it? Can he not? A great story, you know. Um, the the armbar with uh, Balor getting you know stomping his way out of it, hitting the nineteen sixteen, couldn't get the job done. Went for the coup de gras. He got crotched on the top. Uh, he got hit with a corkscrew into the ropes. I mean. Hit the knee, uh, jump beneath the top rope, um, a hill hook. This, you know, looking for the submission. Balor, yeah, and at that point, I'm going, Balor, you might have to just fight another day. At this point, he's caught you. Luckily, you know, for Balor, he didn't. He excluded the burst of any dropping of Riley and delivering a double stomp. Um, he answered the rolling German with another double stomp. He delivered a coup de gras and scored the win in this extraordinarily hard-fought match. I mean, his mouth was beating profusely. I think it's from the knee Kyle O'Reilly delivered before Balor went up. Uh, O'Reilly's mouth was was bleeding as well. Balor stood tall as the champion of NXT. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Man, what an absolute war, man. I, they beat the hell out of each other. Like, that's my biggest takeaway, honestly. Like, if you just want to watch two guys Go, uh, you know, test like in every every app, like you said, every angle of wrestling. They test, like you said, striking. They test grappling. They they did a little bit of high flying. They did reversals. Uh, you know, uh, they had a reversal heavy uh, portions of the match. They had, like they had it all in this one title match. And like I said, they just put on a show. Like it, it just all you have to do is just sit back and relax and just watch them go at it. I honestly, I I agree. I think I knew from the beginning that Finn was going to win, but Kyle O'Reilly wrestled that match. They they wrestled it so well that you definitely it was definitely moments where you're like, oh my goodness, Kyle O'Reilly made upsets. And anytime they, anytime the wrestlers get that emotion out of you, I think they done a, a, a great. You know they did a great job, and that was five stars, like easily five stars, like easily the match of the night. Uh, if I would have paid money to be there, I would have definitely felt like I got my money's worth. Well, without a doubt, it was like we talk about with the Joe So Roman Reigns story from Clash of Champions. It was a bit like that, but it was a lot harder. And Kyle O'Reilly was actually more competitive in the match as well. So at the end of it, you thought, well, Balor got it done tonight. But if they were to meet again, you know, maybe exactly. O'Reilly. And that's exactly the thought they wanted to put in there. As for Finn Balor, I have not been. Uh, let me get this right. I've not been a huge fan of him. Don't get me wrong. I love Balor and NXT um, and the Demon Catcher, obviously. But there was just something about him. And I think we've seen it with him coming back to NXT. And he's in an environment more comfortable, as we talked about earlier, with certain wrestlers more confident. And I think this is the best Finn Balor we've seen, if not every WWE, for a very, very long time. Uh, he looked great. His His style was just so on point. There is a man just oozing confidence at this moment in time, you know? Oh, definitely. I think he definitely feels like he's one, if not the best, he's one of, uh, I mean, if not one of the best, he definitely feels like he's probably the best wrestler in the world or definitely in that conversation. Like, that's the type of swagger and bravado he has. Uh, and I think he, I think he's kind of channeling a little bit, and I hate to sound like the New Japan homer here, but I remember this kind of, he feels, ever since this, whole rebrand, he started to call himself the Prince again. He started to feel like Prince David and be more confident and more, you know, uh, aggressive in his style and less less watered down, kind of like the main roster had made him. The main roster really watered down what he had built yeah. 
uh, in NXT in his initial run. So I, I, I think definitely I agree 100%. I think this NXT run has made uh, Finn Balor so much better. And uh, I, I saw a post on Twitter that kind of got me thinking. He he may be at legend status as far as this era of wrestling, you know, with his Bullet Club ties, the style of wrestling uh, that he has kind of, I wouldn't say pioneered, but he's one of the best in mm. the world at it for a long time now. Like, he has done a lot and, and, and hasn't been around all that long just yet. He still has so much more, in my opinion, that he could do. So, uh, big ups to Finn Balor. And I, I really love him as NXT champion. And uh, I would love to see Demon Balor return against uh, Killer Cross or Karrion Cross. Oh, yeah. Uh, at some point down the line. I really would like that encounter uh, uh, just to you know, do a little bit of armchair booking. <laughs> Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. And let us talk about Balor being as dominant as he is. That was his 13th win at a takeover. Uh, and you can just, like I said, if go back to, to what works for you. And with Finn at this moment in time, it's working perfectly. Uh, as for, like we said, um, the matchup was, you know, five out of five. Yeah, you can't, you, you can't say it wasn't, you know. It was just, that's how kind of good uh, this match was. Uh, un- unbelievable stuff. Uh, Prediction-wise, both went battle, so final scores was 5-4 to the WNR, uh, and a perfect score as well. Um, poll percent, uh, polls, Balor, 74% went for Finn Balor. Again, not that much of a surprise, but as Balor showed a rightly a sign of respect, which, again, I love seeing that in wrestling, especially after you've had a war a little bit. Ridge Holland appeared with a battered Adam Cole and deposited him at ringside. Roger Strong and Bobby Fish rushed the ring. Wondering what the hell had happened as the show faded to black. Uh, maybe not the strongest way to end a takeover, but then leading interest to see what actually happened. There was a lot of talk about the Undisputed Era um, kind of splitting up or, you know, costing O'Reilly in this match. I think what we saw with the end of the match was perfect. What were your thoughts on Ridge Holland showing up and out yeah, Adam I Cole? Was kind of, I was kind of confused because uh, I thought he was. Uh, doing the kind of, uh, I mean, the last time we saw Holland, he was, uh, I think, taking care of Cameron Grimes, and we all know Cameron Grimes is not a baby face, <laughs> mm-hmm. as, uh, as entertaining as he is. But uh, uh, I was, I was a little shocked at first, but kind of, if if you connect the dots, especially with Bobby Fish and Roger Strong being so late, like where were they that they left Adam Cole alone in this situation? Is kind of the question I have. But I don't know if that's where they're going. It could be, could be a straight up, you know, Ridge Holland, Adam Cole beef thing. I don't know. Or, uh, like you said, it could be going into this future split that we may be hearing about or seeing soon. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely. Uh, I think. I think the goal of that was to just draw you in and get you to check out Wednesday so you can get clarification. You know, and yeah. I think that's uh, that's pretty. They they may have accomplished that goal, especially with that night of wrestling. You know, why wouldn't you want to check out NXT after, uh, you know, that entertaining takeover, in my opinion? I think without a shadow of a doubt. And um, what we're going to do now is we're going to give, well, basically, there's three things to do at the end of each pay-per-view. It's the match of the night, which is the main event, which is probably one of the easiest choices that I've had to make (laughs) so far. Uh, We also give a person, a man or woman, who uh, had a great night. For me personally, I'm going to give it to Kushida. His first singles match at TakeOver, he looked like a star, and he destroyed the dream. 
if there's nothing else that he needed to do, and I think that's why he's my man of the night. Uh, and I think maybe, and I'm going to give my credit to Kyle O'Reilly because I believe that if you uh, uh, have not been paying attention to how good Kyle O'Reilly is, uh, after that performance, you definitely uh, will be in the future. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, this was a stand-up performance for Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, rating out of 10. Now, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. This was a phenomenal show, but we didn't miss anything apart from the great matches, if you know what I mean. So if you were to miss the event, there would be nothing tuning in from an NXT to another NXT that would pass us by. Yes, maybe Ridge Holland showing up and the return of Tony Storm and Ember Moon, but even that would be covered. There's nothing. There's no total nothing really in the annals of takeover events nothing really happened in this event uh that was going to kind of change the course of history but for saying what it was for a takeover that we weren't sure if we wanted that we needed nine out of ten every match was spot on as well well i, I you know what I, I think a nine probably is the perfect score to give it because taking into account everything you just said i think that makes the most sense Especially when you think, like you said, when you take into account that the fact that this is not a, a well-built takeover and how well they paced and how well they booked this show, in my opinion, and the way the match went. And I, 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 I didn't think about that, but that's a great point. Like, other than maybe requesting that everyone check out that main event, what do you, what, is, what do they, what would you tell someone who didn't see it that you would be like, but you need to go check this part of the show. And I think it was, the only thing you would probably say is, please go check out that Colorado Finn Balor match. You know, uh, yeah. the rest of it, yeah, it was great and entertaining, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, you know, anything memorable or to write home about either in, a, uh, in the other matches. They were just well done in my opinion. But this is why I love a takeover, because... And I've always loved doing takeovers because it's like two and a half hours. Yes, the WPP might be only three hours, but that extra half hour seems so much longer because it, I always break it down to kind of two match, two matches break, main event, that's your takeover done. And it's so easily kind of, um, you know, to, digestible that you kind of, before you know it, it's the end of takeover or your middle of the main event, whether it's a WWE pay-per-view or even AEW to this point, you're looking at it and going, we've still got another two hours left because they've not hit this match yet. They've not hit there. So, you know, for, for everything with takeover, my only problem is I don't want them to keep it, do the monthly event, like, you know, Halloween Havoc, do a special episode, but you don't need to churn out takeovers every couple of months. Give it three months and build a little bit more story to it, you know? I agree. I agree with that. I also think uh, that a lot of the, uh, they benefit, like a lot of takeovers age well and look very, very great because of that, you know, like you said, that five match or four match uh, format that they go into because, you know, let's just be honest, less matches, you have less opportunities for one of those to be a dud. And I remember uh, a few years back, uh, some of those pay-per-views that went over three and a half hours and you just like how how I I sat at a WrestleMania and those things are like twelve hour experiences and it, it it's tough it was tough on the, some of those longer shows so I agree the the takeovers are always a great fresh air because they're they quick hitters they 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 just give you a nice high for a great two hours and then they're out of there and it's, it's just perfect. <laughs> I think without a shadow of doubt, we've got some aftermath and speaking to the media afterwards, Triple H confirmed that 
Balor needed immediate medical attention. Of course, Kyle O'Reilly was also bleeding uh, with a match, and he, he said he suffered several broken teeth. I love that statement from WWE. Yeah, he suffered several broken teeth. Uh, yeah. A statement read, the main event was brutal hard hitting. Um, Finn Balor had to be taken to a local medical facility for CAT scans to determine if he suffered potential facial fractures in his successful defence. Uh, both of these men will be bruised for weeks, but I think absolutely brilliant. Uh, what are your final thoughts on NXT TakeOver 31? Oh, I think it was overall a very, very entertaining night. A great show. It was well-paced. Uh, I, I can't think of too much. I don't think I've had anything super negative to say about about it other than, uh, you know, my opinion on, you know, Velveteen Dream. But that, that that's a small minus that apparently we're just going to have to deal with. It's one of those He's like that uh, that family member you ignore, I guess. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I agree. Uh, this, I think this match, I think this show was very, very good. And uh, I don't think they need to keep, like I said, they do not keep doing these takeovers. You know, like you know, keep that keep being special. But uh, this one definitely, uh, you know, I think I don't know how it ranks like all time as far as takeovers. But uh, it's definitely uh, worth it to watch, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Like I, said, like I said, from the first match to the last match, you're going to be entertained. And for any show to do that, it's going to be pretty impressive. We did do a poll asking what did everybody think of TakeOver. 13% for OK, 25% for good, 29% for awesome and great, 33%. And I think for, like I said, a TakeOver we weren't expecting or, you know, we weren't kind of ready for or felt a bit rushed. I think it delivered uh, fantastically. Uh, so that is nearly it. Don't forget, the week is at Mats Heinrich and Matthias listening from Germany. Uh, and that's basically it. You can follow us across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. Uh, what's your Twitter? At MindMontyPod. M-I-N-D-M-O-N-T-Y-P-O-D on Twitter. Check them out. There's some great stuff there. Of course, the WNR is also on Facebook and Instagram, the WNR podcast at gmail.com. Send emails on YouTube. Uh, they got podcasts got the same time on YouTube. They do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Stitcher and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, we'll be doing some N64 gaming. But until then, I have been James Rowlands. And today I was joined by the fantastic mind of Monty. Thank you for joining me very much. I hope you enjoyed yourself, mate. I did. Thank you for having me. You guys have a blessed one. And uh, hopefully I'll maybe catch you at the next takeover. Maybe we have a little chat about that and see what's going on there. You never know. You never know. That is it then. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. <laughs>